Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good morning, everyone. It is Friday, December the 2nd, 2022. It is currently 1135 a.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. And I have a very important question for you, all right? I really want you to put on your thinking caps, okay? Listen to me carefully. Think about this question. I want your answer. You open up your Bible one morning and you're reading the Bible and the Bible says, thou shall not do this. The Bible condemns something. You read something, you read the Bible and it's telling you, you can't do this. Don't do this. This is a sin. 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 And as you're reading the Bible, you write down maybe a list of all the things that you're not supposed to do, all the things that are considered a sin, all the things that you're commanded to do. And you write out, maybe you have now a list of three or four because of the section of scripture you read that day only gave you three or four things. You're like, wow. I can't do that. That's a sin. That's a sin. That's a sin. All right. Then, then you take that list and you start thinking about it through the day. You just start thinking about it, right? You're, you're, you're just, you're, you're focusing on it. You're thinking about it. And, and, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I, I have an issue here. The world engages in this sin all the time. This sin is all around me. It's in culture. It's here. It's here. It's here. People are engaged in this sin. And so then you start thinking, wait a minute, what should I do? Because the Bible says this is a sin, but it's all around me in the culture. What should I do? And that is my question. What should you do when you read in the Bible of the things the Bible condemns or calls sin, what should you do in regards to those scriptures? Now, of course, you could obviously say, well, confess your guilt of breaking those those commandments, those scriptures, for participating in that sin. Okay, everybody's got that one down. We should confess. Number two, obviously, we should we would say turn from them, try to turn from those sins, fight those sins, battle those sins, try not to engage in those sins, try to obey those scriptures. All right, everybody would got that. But there's a third step that many Christians think they should take. The Bible says this is wrong. We need to pass legislation that condemns these acts. We need to stop the world from engaging in these acts. The Bible says that's a sin. That should be punishable by law. The Bible says this is a sin. No one should be allowed to do that. They shouldn't be allowed to look at that, read that, watch that, go here, do that, drink that, do that. And they want to pass laws that impose the biblical morality upon those in the world. And there are those in Christianity who are very committed to that. They believe that this is a way of taking the country back for Jesus. They don't see taking the country back for Jesus as, no, evangelism and people become saved. No, 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 no. It's about fighting culture war. It's about changing policy. It's about passing law that imposes biblical morality upon people. That is a very much a philosophy in the minds of many people. And it may really work that way that they were reading the Bible. They see, well, the Bible says this is a sin. This is a sin. We're not to do this. We're not to do that. Okay. First thing, I confess my guilt in doing these things. Forgive me. Second, I'm going to try to turn from them and fight and combat them. But number three, 
Now I think we have to now impose this on society. And I agree with the first step that we should confess our own failures in violating scripture and not following the commands. Secondly, we should turn from our, our, our committing these acts and fighting against that sin. I am in complete agreement with Christians on number one and number two. But on number three, you're out of your mind and I want no part of it. And I, that is not my Christianity. Get that away from me. And when I say that, some Christians get greatly offended. But I don't see anywhere in the New Testament where Jesus or the Apostle Paul or any of the New Testament writers is like, go make the world Christian by passing laws and electing governmental leaders. No, it's go and preach. Go and teach. Go and live. Go preach the gospel. Go teach those who are saved to obey the scriptures and then go live your life. And guess how you should live your life? Loving your enemy, turning the other cheek, loving your neighbor as yourself, trying to live out the Christian life to the best of your ability, no matter how imperfect it may be. But for some, we, and, and I can understand a zealous person, right? After contemplating the scriptures, they, they're, they're sitting there, they, they've contemplated, they, 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 they're, they're really thinking about them, and they're like, wait, 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 this is God's morality. We, we, we've, got, we've, got to, we've, we've got to get this in the culture. I can understand being zealous, but you, you're not, I, I, I don't think you understand all of the problems with your idea to try to implement these things into some policy and make people do so. First of all, lost people don't need morality. I got to say this again. Lost people don't need morality. They need salvation. The morality must flow from the salvation, not in place of the salvation. And what many Christians do, they want to make the world more moral because it will make them feel better. It will make it more comfortable for them. They want everyone to do what will make their Christian life easier, but that's not what we're, we're not called to try to make the world make our Christian lives easier. We're called to bring the gospel to them. But trying to impose morality on an unregenerate heart only leads to bitterness, only leads to anger, only leads to full-blown rebellion. Because you're basically imposing law on an unregenerate heart. And the law of God doesn't save, it condemns, and it actually, it rises up. It, 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 it almost brings forth more sin. When you say, thou shall not, the sinful nature says, I will, I want to, don't tell me what to do. So it's, it's, it's a broken philosophy, but there's so many Christians who want to impose this in some form of Christian nationalism. or And even if they don't, they don't even know what Christian nationalism is, they still want to impose these things. Well, no, that should be wrong. And people, and, and people should be punished for that. God's word says, God's word says. I completely understand what God's word says. It says that those things are sin. So first, we, we, we confess our own guilt. Second, we then change our mind about it and try to fight against it and turn from it. But three, we don't go try to impose this morality on lost people. We, pre we may show this morality to them so that they can see their sin. Then we give them the gospel. Then we teach them to obey. Our job is not to try to force the world to be Christian based off law and policy. It doesn't 
change anything. And here's the thing. You can try to pass all the laws and all the policies you can come up with. But here's the thing. If the hearts aren't changed, if the people's minds aren't changed about God, about Christ, about salvation, the the culture is going to move further and further away from biblical morality, and they will ultimately rise up and fight against you because you're trying to impose it upon them. You can pass, you can get Republicans brought into office. You can pass some things to make you feel better. But if you don't change the hearts of the culture, sooner or later, they will vote them out and they will impose what they want on the world. That the majority will determine the direction of the world, not the minority. The majority ultimately will determine. Sometimes the minority can change things, but ultimately it's the majority that will determine the direction of the country. So why fight it that way? Pray, seek God's uh, mercy and grace to pour revival out and to save sinners. That's what we need. Now, why am I mentioning all this? Why have I spent almost nine minutes doing this? Because this is the real, this is the crux of the entire matter that we have been talking about as we have been looking at the same-sex marriage bill or its official name, the Respect for Marriage Act. Let me remind you, the United States passed legislation on Tuesday that would codify federal legal protections for same-sex marriage despite religious liberty concerns voiced by many. Known as the Respect for Marriage Act, the legislation was passed in a vote of 61 to 36 with 12 Republicans joining all Senate Democrats and supporting the measure. The measure is expected to eventually be signed into law by President Joe Biden. Now, when this happened, Christian organizations, Christian uh, uh, ministries, uh, Christian websites all got upset, all got angry, all got mad. Everyone got ticked off. And I I have sat back and I just don't under, I, I, I know, I, I know so many Christians don't understand my perspective, but my perspective is I don't care if two people of the same sex get a legally recognized marriage by the state, the federal government. Congratulations, you're now involved in a civil union and you now have the rights and responsibilities that that comes with that civil union. Congratulations. It doesn't change doesn't change what the God's word has to say, doesn't change my view on the biblical idea of marriage between what a man and a woman. It, nothing changes. Fine, go go do go do that. Do whatever you want. Now, could it have some impact on the church? It could, and I believe it will have impact on churches who do foolish things like rent out their building for activities and for allowing people to get married in their sanctuary, because when you rent it out, you're acting like a business, and guess what? You should be then ruled. You should have to follow the laws that govern a business when it comes to discrimination and other things, because you're acting like a business. You're a ministry. You're not a rental property, uh, you know, organization. Act like it. Okay, act like a church. Second, pastors who basically use marriage as a way, as a side hustle so they can make some extra money and make some extra cash. Pastors charging, well, churches charging people money to rent their sanctuary. Well, we believe in the sanctity of marriage, but you can you can get married in our church for a $500 or for $1,000. That's sinful, ungodly, 
just destroys your belief that you believe marriage is anything other than just a business. And then pastors are like, I'll marry you for $400, for $500. That is a that is an abomination to anything. If you believe it's some beautiful covenant between God, then you would marry anyone for free. But I think you shouldn't be renting out your services. Here's how I think it should work. Uh, the church is not rented out for anything because it's a church. You use it for the ministry of the church. Second, you only marry people who are members of your church. And three, you make it very clear that this church only marries members, right? And so someone to be a member would have to obviously be someone who's put their faith in Jesus Christ, right? Obviously, that would be a prerequisite. Prerequisite, And then you just have it clearly stated in writing that the church practices what they believe to be biblical marriage, which is between a man and a woman. Now, am I saying that's going to protect you from everything? No, but it doesn't open you up so that someone can say, wait a minute, you rented out their building to them and not them. Wait, you married them for $400. Why won't you marry me for $400? Just avoid all of that. But other than some possible like, well, I don't have to make any of those changes because... We've never done any of those things, but for some churches, make a few changes, and I think for the most part, it's not going to matter. Now, it could 10 years from now, 15 years from now matter, but for the most part, it it has no impact on us, and Christians, and many Christians are running around, it destroys the sanctity of marriage. Christians have been destroying the sanctity of marriage since the very beginning, Okay. I mean, give me a break. We, we've got our own issues in that department, don't don't we? Yes, amen, oh me? So uh, I, I think that that I, I just don't understand Christians' reactions to it, and we've been talking about it. So here's what we're doing. There's a, the article, an article was written at the Christian Post on five reactions to the Senate passing the same-sex marriage bill. And we've looked at two of them, and in this episode, we're going to try to look at the three remaining reactions to this bill and I will continue to get put forth my thoughts and ideas. All right, so here we go. The first reaction was from the uh, Family Research Council, and they were basically they basically said that this would harm uh, both religious liberty and the family union unit. They're saying this is horrible. It's it's destructive. It's going to take away religious liberty, and it's going to destroy the family unit. I think we should focus on how Christianity has been destroying the family unit, but I digress. We've already looked at that reaction. We won't rehash it. The third one, or I'm sorry, the second one was from SAGE, an organization centered on the advancement or advocacy for LGBT senior citizens released a statement celebrating the passage of the same-sex marriage legislation, basically saying um, the organization argued that the act would defend the rights of both same-sex married couples and interracial marriages, as well as other groups from the ongoing threat of bigotry. So SAGE thought it was an amazing thing, a wonderful thing. Family Research Council this is horrible. It's going to destroy religious liberty in the family unit. SAGE, which is an LGBT organization, says this is wonderful. It's, 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 going, to, uh, it's going to defend the rights of same-sex marriage couples and interracial marriage, married couples uh, and try to protect them from the ongoing threat of bigotry. All right. The third reaction to this story, the third reaction to this story if I can get it to open, here we go. The third reaction is from the Alliance Defending Freedom. The Alliance Defending Freedom, 
the Christian Post website, all of these ads, these things that pop up, these videos that pop up drive me crazy. Okay, all right. <laughs> the Alliance for Defending Freedom or Alliance Defending Freedom, the Alliance Defending Freedom, an a- American conservative Christian legal advocacy group denounced the bill's passage saying it disrespected marriage and endangered religious freedom. Again, we get to say, all of the Christian groups are saying basically the same thing. It's going to destroy the family. It's going to destroy the family. It's going, it's, it's a disrespect to marriage. It's, it's going to destroy the sanctity of marriage. It's going to destroy the thing we know is marriage. It doesn't do anything. Let, the world has always had its concepts of marriage. Right? It's always going to have its concepts of marriage. What does that have to, the world has their concepts of everything, right? Relationships, morality, sex, everything they have their concept. What does that have to do with the church? We maintain what we believe the Bible to, to be taught. And again, it's so amazing to me how Christians run around and scream at how the world is, is going to supposedly, they disrespect marriage. I don't know, have you read the Old Testament? where the supposed heroes of the faith live, right? The, the great heroes of the faith, those who feared God and loved God. Oh yeah. How many wives did they had constantly? Almost all of them were polygamist. But we're focused on what the world is doing. How about we focus what God's people have done to marriage? Throughout the history of Christianity, the history of God's people, what was going on in the church of Corinth? Someone was having relations with his father's wife. What was going on there? Think about, I mean, sometimes it's like we're so worried about what the world is doing. How about worried about our own struggles, our own sin? And again, the religious freedom, the concern that our religious freedom, look, the This is so important as far as the church. Now, I'm not saying there won't be some situations where there could be some issues. And whenever true issues emerge, we will have to stand our ground. But the church can do little things. Again, so many, so many religious organizations. Here's the things they want to do, right? Sometimes religious organizations will one want to take money from the government. Well, if you take money for the government to help support you, well, then you're going to guess what comes with that money? The rules. So stop taking money from the government. There's number one, right? There's a good idea. Number two, don't run your church like a business, like renting out your property or the pastor performing wedding as a side hustle. Only marry members of your church. Don't rent out your building for anything other than the, you use it only for the ministries of your church. That's it. And then, Make it very clear that you uh, practice what you believe is to be the biblical teaching on marriage, which is a man and a woman. There you go. But I, I just, it's just so weird how we were so quick at see, seeing everyone else's sin. Uh, the uh, uh, Alliance for Defending Freedom, a vice president uh, of strategic initiative, said in a statement that he considered the legislation dangerously cynical and completely unnecessary. 
It does nothing to change the legal status of same-sex marriage anywhere, but it undermines religious freedom everywhere and exposes Americans throughout the country to predatory lawsuits by activists seeking to use the threat of, of litigation to silence debate and exclude people of faith from the public square. Now, if, if that is true, that it could be used as a threat of lit- litigation to silence debate and exclude people of faith from the public square, then we would have to look at exactly how it's being utilized and we would have to see exactly what is occurring. But again, some cases where some religious organization gets themselves in trouble, many cases with, well, they're taking money from the federal government. Okay. And it's like, well, that, that, that opens you up to a whole host of issues. Uh, They go on to say, today, the Senate uh, has chosen to disregard legitimate concerns about the undeniable harms of the bill. If the Senate truly cared about protecting religious freedom, it would have included comprehensive amendments proposed uh, by, and then they named some of the people who promoted them. Now, again, if there are specific things in this bill that goes after religious freedom— we will obviously be looking out for that. I take listen. I take any attack upon religious freedom seriously. I do. But sometimes Christians open themselves up. Put. Well, I mean, how can I say this? Christians, in many cases, first wants to impose our religion on people, and then we get mad when there's a pushback, and then secondly, sometimes we want to be able to do things that opens us up to certain rules, and then we complain about it. We want, we want federal subsidies, subsidies. We want to take somehow money from the federal government. We want to do this. We want to be involved in this, and we want to be involved in this. And then when rules start emerging as a result of that, then Christians get upset. I think sometimes Christians open ourselves to these situations. I'm not saying in every case. I'm not saying in every case. And there will, there are times where clearly the government oversteps, but I just say we have to be, shouldn't we be as wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove? Sometimes I think Christians just make really weird decisions. All right, let's go to the next reaction. Let's go to the next reaction. The Christian Post is moving, moving extremely slow today. The next one is the human rights campaign. The human rights campaign Give me one second again. Christian, I'm telling you, the Christian Post and these videos that pop up on their website is the most irritating thing I have ever seen in the history of mankind. All right, maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration. All right, here we go. The human rights campaign. The human rights campaign. All right, here we go. (laughs) Now the website had to reload. The human rights campaign, a prominent LGBT activist group, released a statement celebrating the passage of the act, considering it a historic victory for their cause. Uh, The HRC president was quoted in the statement saying that love won with the bill's passage, calling it a much needed victory for our community. Today, with the passage of the Respect for Marriage Act and the Senate, a historic moment that marks the first federal legislative win for LGBTQ equality in over 10 years since the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. The 568,000 same-sex married couples in this country can breathe a sigh of relief that their marriage will be protected from future attacks. And that's something to consider, right? 
while some of the Christian organizations are all upset and mad, you do realize that many of these Christian organizations and Christian groups have wanted and want to get people elected to repeal and re- and make gay marriage illegal. So, see, once again, we want to impose our view on marriage on other people. I don't care what other people do. But see, when Christians do that, then you get the pushback going, no, 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 no. We're going to pass a bill that protects these people so that you cannot in the future repeal it or overturn it. So many of the Christians complaining about it, well, it was part of the reason it may have happened and you say that it wasn't necessary is because of some Christian groups claiming, let's get the right Republicans in there and then we will repeal it and we'll make it illegal. Well, then you're going to get the pushback. See, that's what happens when you get involved in these situations. If the world wants that, the world will ultimately get it no matter how much you fight against it because ultimately the majority of the world, they're moving further and further away from God. They're going to rise up and fight against it. You're fighting the wrong battle. The battle is not who they marry, don't marry, wh- whom they have sex with. It's it's about their heart. It's about their soul. They need salvation, not some Christian form of Sharia law. The fact that the bill passed with strong bipartisan support, earning the votes of 12 Republicans, again demonstrates that marriage equality enjoys growing bipartisan backing, is supported by a wide swath of the American people, and it's not going anywhere. All right? That's how they take it. And again, I can understand many of the, again, many of the uh, Christian organizations, many of the Christian organizations really wanted I, I, to find a way to one day overturn it and, 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 and take it away. And it's just like, I don't know why we ever engaged in that fight. I don't know why. It, it wasn't what we're supposed to be fighting against or for. The last reaction is none other than the American Family Association. Oh, boy. Now, if you go back maybe two years, you had to look in our archives I played uh, audio from the American Family Association, the American Family Radio, which is a part of the American Family Association, where they literally suggested that the time may come that Christians need to take up arms because of the LGBTQ movement. And I was utterly shocked and horrified that they would basically suggest taking up of arms, taking up guns. Because that that's the that's that's a part of the Christian world that I just I don't even know what that is. So what did they say about this? Well, the American Family Association said this. The socially conservative advocacy group, the American Family Association, denounced the bill's passage in a statement emailed to supporters. Uh, Jameson Taylor, director of policy and legislative affairs of the AFA Action was quoted in the email warning that the act will empower extremists to sue, intimidate, and silence anyone who disagrees with their personal views about marriage. The bill is not about legalizing same-sex marriage. Every state already recognizes same-sex marriages and accepts same-sex marriage license issued by every other state. Well, we understand. Okay, this is important. All the Christian organizations keep saying, there was no need for this. It's already recognized. Yes, but there was rumblings and talking in some Christian circles. You, we have to admit this. The time will come that we will rise up. We'll get Republicans in office and we will remove the legal protection for same-sex marriage. 
So when you hear that, the other side then is going to then fight to pass a bill to then protect it from future attacks. So, so the, the Christian organization say it wasn't necessary, and the other side would be like, no, it was very necessary because of you wanting to overturn it. And don't tell me the American Family Association would not want to overturn it. They would overturn it in a heartbeat if they could. They said the real purpose of this bill is to weaponize federal agencies like the IRS, DOJ, and the FBI to harass and target Christian schools, adoption, adoption agencies, and social service organizations that hold sincere religious beliefs about traditional marriage. Now, I don't know enough about adoption agencies or social service organizations, but I do know, well, I know some about social service organizations. I will say this, many of those Christian schools and many of those social service organizations that claim to be Christian, what, you know why they get worried? Because they take federal funding. They get money from the government in some way, shape, or form. They accept federal funding. Well, when you accept federal funding, you connect yourself to the federal government and many of the federal bills and policies and ideas will can then have an impact on you. Stop taking government money. There you go. It's like we want the money from the government, but then we're like, but we don't want your policies and your your morality. Well, then trust in God. Trust in God's people to support what you're trying to do. That I mean, that's that's the only way it can work. I one of the things that blows my mind is during I, I we've talked about this during the pandemic. There's a church not far from me, not not far from me. If I if I drive out, out of my driveway and go down to the stop sign and take a right, it's about six minutes away, seven minutes away. Large church. There's a north side campus and a south side campus. They took, if I remember correctly, close to a million dollars in government funding and what's the Paycheck Protection Program, the PPP loans, during the COVID pandemic. They took the money from the government. Now, as they were taking the money from the government, guess what they were doing? We will not follow any rules the government gives about COVID. We won't follow any rule. Now, remember the PPP loans, where the idea was, hey, your church, you may have to you know, not do this and not do this, and this could hurt your funding, and so you may have to lay off some people. Here's some money to help you through this difficult time. They took the money and then never changed one. They were they were packed in there. Nobody was wearing masks. Nobody social distance. They didn't follow one rule, but they took a million dollars from the federal government. And then flaunted all of their breaking of the rules on Facebook. While they took the money from the government. Look at that. that what is, why would you take money from the government? It's just the most ridiculous. And why would you need it if you were going to be open for business as usual? So some of these organizations that 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 get upset and and possibly are in danger of some federal enforcement of rules because of the Respect for Marriage Act, well, you you created you you made your bed. Yeah, in a sense, you made your bed with the government. And now you're going to lay, you're laying down with the government. And now all of a sudden there's rules and expectations. Stop taking money from the government. There you go. 
It's that, it's that simple. If you really want to be a Christian school or a Christian social service organization, again, I don't know how it works with adoption agencies. I don't know exactly how that works and how that, that may be a little bit more complicated. And I, I could, I'm more than willing to, to try to understand how that works. But social service organizations, I've seen many of them. They, again, they're supposedly trying to do things to help people, but they want the federal government to help support them. They want the federal government's money. And they say, well, we can't do, we don't have enough money with just the support of Christians. Well, I don't know what to tell you at that point. Then, 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 then obviously people aren't supporting your ministry. It would be like me upset because maybe I, I, I don't have enough money coming in from listeners that I look for some federal subsidy to back to, well, then once I open myself for money from the government to help quote unquote support my podcast, well, then I can't get mad by government rules. Government money comes with government rules. So those are the reactions to the Respect for Marriage Act by different organizations. It seems that what we are getting is the common, the common denominator, the common message of the Christian organizations is this is horrifying, this is horrible, it will destroy marriage, and it's going to take away our religious liberty, and there was no reason for them to do it in the first place. And the LGBT LGBTQ groups are saying, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. There is plenty of reason to do it because you guys wanted to find a way to get enough political power so that you could then ban and overturn gay marriage. So we had to do something to protect it. So, so it's very disingenuous for, for Christian organizations to act like, we don't know why they would do this. I understand why they would do it. And then Christians arguing that it destroys marriage, the Bible is still right here. Biblical marriage still exists. Why would you want to impose biblical marriage on a lost people? They need salvation. Once they become saved, this is what the Bible says about marriage. And if you want to talk about people destroying, quote unquote, sanctity of marriage, God's people have been doing it since Genesis. The heroes of the faith most of them were polygamists. I think most of them had multiple wives. So maybe we look to ourselves. Maybe we look to the church. Maybe the church has to figure out things before we want to start pointing our fingers and condemning everyone in the world. And the last thing we want is for them to be forced to try to live out some biblical morality. Now, I understand every law has a level of morality. I know I've said many of these things now over and over and over again, but I have to keep repeating it because all of these reactions, I, I mean, just please, all the, all the reactions are repetitive. They're, each side is saying the exact same thing. So I have to repeat my reactions as well. Now, there are plenty of other Christian organizations that are coming out with articles right now about this whole thing. We will look at a couple more. We may look at, well, at least one more. We'll do that in another episode. But I at least wanted you to know the five reactions. Really, they're, they're, they're redundant and they're repetitive. The Christian organizations are saying the same thing. The LGBTQ organizations are saying the same thing. There's no real variety. There's no 
There's not, I, I, I'm the only one I think offering a, now there are other people out there who have offered similar views as I have. I'm just saying, and those reactions right there, the, the, re, the reactions to, uh, by the large groups that are getting the, the attention of media, they're all just saying the same thing. I think that I'm trying to offer a more, I, I believe a more biblically, theologically minded reaction to it. And I know that it, mine sounds foreign and alien because it sounds so different than, well, all of these others. It, it sounds so different than them. But there has to be room for us to think differently about these situations, right? We shouldn't feel like that, that we only have a couple of options. I think that if we really think about it biblical, biblical and theologically, there, there's, a, I think, a correct way to look at this that's not sounds like these. These just... Just like that's the best you guys can come up with. It just sounds like it just sounds like a memo was sent out to both sides. Both sides. This is your reaction, and it's like nobody can stop and really think this through. All right. Well, I'll stop right there. I'll stop right there. You can contact me. News if at yahoo.com. News if at yahoo.com. I apologize for the uh, websites having so many, uh, so many problems. But the way the article is written at the Christian Post is you have the introductory, like two or three paragraphs, and then you have these tabs. Tab number one, tab number two, tab number three, tab number four, tab number five, and each tab represents someone's or uh, contains someone's reaction to uh, the, uh, the Respect for Marriage Act. And so, but every time you go to a different tab, it has to reload the whole page. And then their little video pop, their little video thing pops up and then the page wants to reload. So I, sorry, I'm sorry if I stumbled through any of that, but there you go. And I'm sorry that some of this was repetitive, but I mean, five different reactions and (laughs) depending on if they were the Christian side, they said the exact same thing. And if they were the, uh, the LGBTQ side, they said the same thing and nobody really offered anything very meaningful or, uh, I mean, it just sounds like a memo was sent out and I can't stand that. Like no, no, nobody can be, I don't know, even halfway thoughtful. It just sounds like what, what's the party line? Okay. This is what I'm supposed to say without ever really considering all of the issues at play. All right. You can email me your thoughts on the whole thing. News, if at yahoo.com news, if at yahoo.com. Probably try to, we're going to put all of these messages together into one series. We'll call it the Respect for Marriage Act. And then we'll, we'll add new content there as it is, we deem it necessary. And as more coverage, I, I assume this will, this was already quieted down. People are now more worried about other things. People have already forgotten about this, but it will become a bigger issue when Biden signs the bill uh, into into law when he, when he signs the bill and makes it official, then there'll be another round of outrage. And then I'm assuming it may come up again. It may come up again in the 2024 election. I don't know. I think people will be fighting and arguing about other things. Who knows? Maybe it will come back up again, but whenever Biden signs it, it'll become another big deal. It will be at least one more news cycle. There's going to be at least one more news cycle about it. 
And so I wanted to go ahead and get content out there, at least offering what I believe is our unique perspective. I understand there are others out there who have a similar perspective as me, but I know mine is so contrary to the way most Christian podcasts and Christian organizations are responding to it that I thought we needed to get our our perspective out there. But you can share yours at newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. All right, I'll stop there for now. We'll do more live broadcasting coming up later today. God bless.